0: Welcome to Back to Debbie. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Time, the only time zone that debates Debbie players. We are the premier Debbie show brought to you by Campus to I'm Mike, and this is my co-host, Corey. On tonight's episode of Back to Debbie, we finally have some real football to discuss. We're going to talk Week 0 reactions, depth chart takeaways, and things we're looking forward to in Week 1. Before we get into too much more, I want to talk about overreacting. It's Week 0. We've seen Power 5 schools dunk on FCS schools. We don't want to overreact, right? But we still want to just throw out some highlights and just draw some attention to some players here. So let's get right into it and start talking about our takeaway from week zero.
1: Yeah. And let's head over to Northwestern Nebraska first. Um, Northwestern ops operated surprisingly well on offense, um, partly in due to, like, a reinvigorated Ryan Holinsky at quarterback. Uh, But the running back room really stepped up. Uh, You had fourth-year running back Evan go for 119 yards and a touchdown on two carries. Um, We also saw the return of Cam Porter off of his torn ACL last year, a guy who was on the radar after his freshman season in 2020 where he kind of took over that role over the last four games of the season. Uh, Was supposed to be the starter going into last year but suffered the ACL. But he actually looked pretty good in this game. Uh, Had 19 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Um, What did you think of these two guys, Mike?
0: Yeah, so I was definitely impressed with Evan Hall more, and here's the reason why. Evan Hall actually caught passes. He caught five for five for 55 yards. Now, it's not that talented to catch dump-off passes, so he did actually have a positive A dot. Now, it's .6, which is not impressive from running back standards. Usually, impressive is like over two, over three for me, Um, but at least he's catching passes, and that's a pretty big requisite for the NFL. Uh, We love the size. He was efficient and stuff, but... It was a weak defense. I mean, they played Nebraska. Not really a good defense there.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Nebraska, too, they a former LSU wide receiver transfer that transferred over there in the offseason, Trey Palmer, caught my eye quite a bit in this game. Uh, former four-star prospect going into his third year, I believe. Um, I think him and Casey Thompson are going to do some nice things this year. He was targeted a lot in this game, like especially early. Um, had 13 targets overall, eight receptions for only 68 yards, no touchdowns. Um, but his involvement in this offense should eventually lead to some bigger numbers. So just a just a guy to keep an eye on there. Um, moving on to another popular game last week, uh North Carolina going up against Florida and Um now this was Jake Drake May's first start. Uh, looked pretty decent, although it was against a pretty beat up um FAMU team who was missing almost 20 players due to some eligibility issues. Um, but nonetheless he did what he was supposed to do, and he showed off a little bit of legs, too, and some athleticism, had that nifty little 40-yard run, um, forcing some missed tackles. So um, I really do think the story of this game was the freshman running backs, though, in Amarian Hampton and George Petaway. Um, Hampton really seemed to stake his claim for the starting spot. Um, this was a guy a lot of people were kind of on the fence about during the recruiting cycle. I certainly didn't give him enough love during it, um, but he was easily the most productive back here. You know, 14 carries, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, had seven more carries than any other running back and was the only running back to receive double-digit carries.
0: Yeah, it was a great game to watch. Drake made his first start. I really liked what I saw. Um, it was an easy defense, like you said, That you know, but that defense was getting through that offensive line, which is kind of scary when it comes to tougher competition. Uh, Drake May had a lot of underthrown balls. Now I'm not really too worried. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm telling myself that he just wanted to keep the ball away from the defense. Maybe had that first game jitters. Uh, let's see how he progresses. And then just like you said, we love to see athleticism combined with that size. I really do love it. But uh, going to the freshman here because we don't need to talk Josh Downs. Everyone I want to say is mm-hmm. consensus of the community that Josh Downs is going to be a top six wide receiver. In everyone's ranking is coming come uh, yeah. NFL draft. You know,
1: top three for me. Come on. Oh really? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe top head top, head top head four. Top four, I think. Ah, I think right. I think I have Burton at, at three and I, I might put him at four. So a little lower on QJ. A,
0: I have him as a back of a first early second round grade right now. So that's that's
1: fair. That's fair. Small, yeah. he's a small top, guy, so you don't know. Top
0: 40 pick. Yeah. Yeah. But he's gonna be he's gonna be my short king. I already know it. to pick yeah. that one short king a year. But uh going into the going into the rookies here, or not rookies, excuse me, freshmen, Andre Green was on the field for 21 of 82 snaps. He ran seven routes, but no targets. Now, I'm not panicking. It's really encouraging to see him get that usage. It's encouraging him to see him out on the field. Now, with the running backs, uh, Amari Hampton, again, looked great on the ground. Um, he didn't look like he played for his size. He wasn't a thumper. He didn't. He looked like he ran well, just not great. It's a weak defense. Um, he also caught no balls. Again, we need our players to catch balls. Devontae Williams caught balls in that offense, so... Need him to catch balls. And you got George Bedaway, who looks kind of explosive, you know, four carries, 51 yards and a touchdown. He had one catch for negative five yards, but neither of these running backs are catching balls right now. So I'm not really sitting here moving them in my rankings by any chance at all. They're already both, I think, top 15 in the back of the top 15, but that's where they're going to stay, not overreacting. Definitely keep my eye on them, and I'm very excited about the future for them.
1: Yeah, and the Downs connection looks like it really won't skip a beat. Um, I think he had like 12 targets in this game, but he did come up limping at the end of the game. Um, There is some concern that he might not play this week, so that's something to keep an eye on. And also keep an eye on a couple of players. Uh, First off, Gavin Blackwell, a wide receiver there. I think he ended up playing the second most snaps, I want to say. Had about 40 yards and a touchdown. Um, He was a redshirt freshman last year. Um, And another guy uh, by the name of J.J. Jones who got a lot of playing time in this game. So if we see no Josh Downs, we could see one of these guys kind of step up uh, into that role. Um, heading over to Illinois, uh, there was a running back there that kind of had a blow up game. Um, had the backup running back go down, so really had the workload to himself. And I'm talking about Chase Brown. I'm interested to get your opinion, Mike, if you think that he's actually a legit Debbie prospect and if we should be giving him more respect. No, <laughs> okay, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Enough. And, and the prior four years have just been kind of just, man, you know. Uh, And this was against Wyoming, you know, Wyoming, the team that got devastated by a transfer portal. I mean, they look terrible. Uh, Fifth-year running backs are very rare to be drafted. Uh, Over the last 10 years, we've seen three get draft capital. That's Doug Martin, Charles Sims, and Brian Robinson. So I don't really see him possibly doing enough this year to warrant that decent draft capital. He doesn't really play top uh, defenses. So um, as far as a Debbie asset, like maybe he can find himself in day three, but he's definitely not anyone I would say is going to get day two draft capital.
1: Yeah, the size on paper looks okay, I guess. 5'11", 205, not the biggest guy. Um, he was a guy who made Bruce Feldman's freak list uh, this offseason. So the athleticism might be there, might test really well. But I generally agree, probably a guy who's going to end up probably on day three uh, at best. Um, another running back that caught my eye, and I talked to a little bit um on the morning tailgate show before he played last week. And that was Trey Benson out of uh, Florida State. You know, he's a former four star Oregon commit, um, received a ton of buzz this spring, has a good size at 6'1, 215, showed off some wheels on a nice 40 yard touchdown. Um, he's a guy that I'm heavily interested in to keep watching throughout this season.
0: Trey Benson, he had 18 missed tackle force on 11 carries. I mean, that guy was padding his stats, and I think he knew it. And just, he really brought me back to my day of football. So in high school, people that don't know, I played kicker and I did a little bit of kicking in college too as well. I that's not my playing stats.
1: that's not that's not playing a sport. Come on. Hey, that's
0: I was my leading player for half the game. Sorry. Uh, all right. All right. Most points Most on players. the team, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: not not by NBA. But I got so good at timing the rush that I would kick it right before they got there and then fake fall down. So I get those extra 10 yards on my kickoffs. And then I had like an 80% touchback rate, like in high school. So I looked great on paper. I was padding those stats. And that's what Trey Benson did here. He padded his stats against a poor defense. Again, 11 carries for 105 yards and one touchdown. Um, He looked great on contact bounce. I mean, he really did. Like If that was one thing that stuck out to anybody, it should be his contact bounce. I thought he did a really good job. Keeping the opposite leg up while the guy was going for the tackle so he can catch himself on the way down and juggle that weight on that offside there. Uh, he's He was the third man on the field, so he again, not the first or second option, but number three. Uh, the score was still 0-0, so it looks like FSU is just going to be a rushing attack that just rotates between all their running backs. Uh, no one's falling target, so I don't feel good about saying these guys are real Debbie assets. But yeah, I'm skeptical.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a bit of rotation there. Um, we did just see like Jason Corbin come from there. Cam Akers just came from there recently. So, um, they do have a little bit, uh, of history there with running backs, making it to the NFL. Um, I, I do think they're going to run the ball enough to kind of let Benson pop a little bit too. He's a guy, maybe I'm a little bit higher on than you are by the sounds of it. Kind of just like the profile, kind of like everything that's going on. I think he's somebody that could pop this year. So somebody just to keep an eye on, um. Now, I did want to open the floor to you here a little bit because you've been talking my ear off about this guy ever since he went eight for eight for 182 yards and two touchdowns this past, past weekend. And I'm talking about Ricky White at UNLV. So want want tell me your thoughts?
0: Yeah, Ricky White. I truthfully had no idea who this guy was. So I did a lot of research here. I really did. Stayed up late. Uh, he's a third-year player, transferred from uh, Michigan State University. He went off as a true freshman against Michigan, going eight for 196 and one. And he ran crisp routes, and he looked really good. Obviously, a lot skinnier because he was a true freshman, but he's put on about, I want to say, 30 pounds. So he has that size, one, 190. Uh, year two, uh, he just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. He took some time away from football. I have no speculation for why that is, and, you know, it's none of my business. So whatever. Uh, he transferred with his high school quarterback to UNLV, so clearly he wants to play football. He's uh, He went eight for eight from 182 and two. Uh, he did drop a touchdown pass that was called back for a foul anyway, but it was definitely noteworthy. He did lay out for it. Couldn't bring it in. Um, but got to make those catches. He wants to make to the next level. He looks quick off the line. I think he's a deceptive route runner. He definitely had a defensive back. Again, it's Idaho state. So not really known for the defensive powerless, but he had the DB on skates quite a few times moved around the formation. I love that showcase some versatile usage. It's not just, Oh, I'm going to run the same route on the same side. Uh, He did telegraph when they're going to run the ball. This guy did not block, no interest in it, did not care for it. So, I mean, I like the player. I like the prospect. I think he's going to be a day three guy, but maybe a day three guy that I might want to believe in.
1: Yeah, I spent an absurd amount of fab on him in our NIL uh, C2C league. Um, I actually said the bit earlier and forgot to change it, but it was like 300 bucks. And and to be honest, I, I actually thought the fab budget was higher. Like I thought it was like our original budget, which was the 2000. But uh, but yeah, it's not really an excuse. I meant to go did back and change him? it, but yeah, I did get it. I did get. Him. Oh, I didn't even. God, I put in.
0: I put in a fab. I didn't know what our budget was. I think I, I assumed it was two hundred, and I put in like thirty. So now. I
1: feel- – Oh yeah, yeah. It was a thousand, and what I do is like as <laughs> I'm watching the games, and somebody pops, like I'll go in right away add them to the waiver list and just put like a number and the number is really like the priority. So they show up higher, like who I like or whatever. And like, obviously I like them, but that was a little bit more than I wanted to spend. So, um, hopefully he lives up to some of your lofty expectations and I can see him in the NFL on day three, but I mean, this is just one game in week zero, So we'll kind of see what happens. Um, but
0: You're all right, my dog disapproves me. <laughs> <reaction. laughs>
1: yeah. Let's get into some depth charts here. All right. Um, obviously they've been filling our timelines over the past week. Uh, there's definitely a few interesting things to point out. Um, i want to start over at Alabama, where we actually have true freshman wide receiver Kobe Prentice named the starter in the slot. And this is with Ja'Cory Brooks and Tyler Harrell being listed as backups behind Treshawn Holden.
0: Yeah, Kobe Prentice. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, by saying nobody, I mean the site didn't. Uh, nobody really had him up there with the exception of Alfred. Now, also, the Debbie debate already gave him a shout-out. So now we got two shows giving Alfred a shout-out. He doesn't consume our content, so he might not hear this till November. But Alfred nailed it. He was like his wide receiver three. Um, my real big takeaway here is that uh, Saban is a tell it out of his coach. Like, that's that's the type of guy I look at. him. He's very public with his thoughts. He was open saying after the national championship that the wide receiver court didn't step up. He didn't, you know, give him the pat on the back and be like, hey, guys, we did good. Like, get some orange slices, all right? Like, he was straight mm-hmm. up like, they disappointed. And we have all been saying the offseason that uh, the transfer portal, all these moves they're making – I've been saying it has been hurting Ja'Cory Brooks out of everybody, and that's just, you know, the writing's on the wall. And now with this depth chart release, it's just another it's another saying on the stall. You know what I'm saying? Like they, it, It's it's not looking good for Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, Kobe Prince looks to be the guy. I, I released my freshman rankings, I think, four or five days ago, and I put Kobe Prince as my top 10. He was in there. So I've made the adjustments. I don't feel like I'm overreacting here, but I don't think this is coach speak. I believe it is for what it is.
1: Yeah. And I've been trying to tell anyone that would listen for the past two years, that something stinks. This 2021 20, wide receiver class that saving got in. Uh, they're bringing in transfers. Now we're seeing a true freshman, essentially hop Ja'Cory Brooks on the depth chart. Um, he can't even pass Tray Holden, who was essentially a starter last year. I mean, this is nothing new. We saw Tray Sean be a starter last year and he did absolutely nothing to warrant being a starter again this year. And Ja'Cory Brooks still can't earn a roll around. Like I know that his shoulder was a little bit banged up as well, Um and maybe you can argue that it's the archetype of player that they wanted kind of that shiftier slot guy in the slot. Um, we're also missing JoJo Earl. Aaron Anderson is a little bit banged up too, but I still think this is a pretty big deal. Um, we've essentially been saying all off season. We just wanted to see who was going to step up in freshman class. And it looks like Prince is going to be the guy. And now I don't know about you, but I actually skyrocketed him up my rankings. Um, it may be a little bit overreactionary to just a piece of paper on the depth chart, but I essentially put him in the same place that I had Isaiah Bond for now, which was somewhere in the in the 30s or the 40s or something like that. But I, like I said, we're essentially waiting to see who is going to pop uh, on this uh, for this team out of this out of this uh, freshman class, and it looks like Kobe Prince is going to be the guy. Um, I also just wanted to point out we do have Emmanuel Henderson. Uh, who came in as a running back, now listed as third on the depth chart, I believe, at the slot wide receiver position as well. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on um, as well. Now, heading over to Ole Miss is a, is a QB battle we've kind of been watching. Um, most of us have been assuming that it's going to be Jackson Dart, uh, but Altemire actually ended up being listed first. Ole did share the OR title. Um, same goes for Michael Trigg, the tight end there, who, uh, which I thought was kind of surprising. He's listed second, had the or, um, and really there was a couple of ors that stood out in depth charts across the league. I mean, you're looking at Clemson wide receiver, Bo Collins being listed as a, as an or with EJ Williams. Um, you've got ECU who had a four-way or at running back with Conjury Miller being listed as the first guy. You got a four-way or at running back for the Cincinnati Bearcats with Corey Kiner being listed as the last guy. Um, and then you have Kansas, which I thought was pretty interesting, uh, with a four-way or at RB as well. Um, most of us are in on Devin Neal, but I wanted to ask you, Mike, do you think it's possible that we could be anointing him a little too early?
0: Yeah, I thought, I mean, no, I really don't. I do think it's Devin Neal for sure, but I definitely wrote a little bit out there about Kai Thomas. He looked decent at Minnesota. He took over week three. Uh, he had five of his seven games over a hundred yards. Now this was pretty much off the back of volume. I mean, he pretty much inherited the Mo Ibrahim role and performed the same as Mo Ibrahim. So not a lot of passing work there, but he looks like a very decent thumper. So I, this really could be a rotational role, and that then would actually very much scare me off Devin Neal. Um, but I do think Devin Neal is the best all-around talent on that depth chart still.
1: Yeah. And I think we're also looking for options in, in a pretty barren 2024 draft class at running back as well. Um, I did do a film review with Brandon Lejeune, of the Debbie dashboard. If you guys want to check that out on Neil. Um, I think he does some really nice things. I just think we need to see it more consistently. Um, it was actually pretty cool. He actually reached out to me and Brand after the video, which I thought was pretty damn cool. He said he agreed with a lot of what we were saying, and he's working on a lot of these things. And you've got to love a guy that has that kind of attitude who can kind of take the criticism and learn from it, even from guys who are just sitting in their computer desks like us looking at his film. You know, he makes himself an easy guy to root for. Um, but another running back who has no or next to his name and is fully entrenched as the running back one for Louisville. Um, that's former Tennessee running back Tyon Evans. Um, Jalen Mitchell was last year's starter. He's listed as a running back three right now in front of Debbie Hart throughout Travion Cooley, who's actually listed at running back four, which is incredibly disappointing. Seems that like we might have to pull the plug on that one if nothing happens this year. But do you think that we need to be taking Tyon Evans seriously? Yeah, that's tough, man. I mean, I'd, i watch
0: Listen, uh, he had over 10 rushing attempts, uh, during his first six games last the last year in Tennessee, um, but I really don't like transfers that appear to be transferring down, which I do consider moving from the SEC and Tennessee's offense to Louisville. I view that as a downgrade. So he's not much of a pass catcher. I'm not in love with the transfer downgrade here. So I'm a little skeptical. Louisville does seem to put some talent into the NFL, like Tutu Atwood got second round draft capital. Uh, Javion Hawkins was a UDFA that got buzz there in the offseason. So I think that he gets – on a roster, but I'm not sure if it's that long lived. Maybe another you know, UDFA status, and maybe he sticks around a practice squad,
1: but I'm not really investing in him. Yeah, he was a guy who had a lot of games for Tennessee in those six games um, early in the season last year, uh, breaking off a lot of big runs, a lot of long touchdowns. Um, then he had that weird trend, that weird uh, injury where he kind of just disappeared for like. The whole rest of the team, no one really knew what was going on there. But, um, yeah, I think it is noteworthy that he comes over here, uh, becomes the running back one over a bunch of guys who have been here for a while. Um, so he is a guy I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Um, now, I want to move over to some uh, true freshmen here and uh, and where we can find them on their uh, respective depth charts. So I'm going to kick it to you, Mike, and why don't you tell the people uh, where they can find some of their favorite freshmen this year on their team's depth chart. Yeah, Matthew
0: Golden out here is actually listed as the wide receiver, too. Uh on Arizona true freshman, uh Jonah Coleman is listed as the RB2, not Ray Sean but Jonah Coleman. Uh Ted McMillan also wide receiver one there on that roster. Well, not the one, but he's starting. Uh Damian Martinez was a very early call out for CCC, but he's listed as the RB3 with no or next to it. So that's interesting. Oh, and I have to mention Cartavius Norton. Again, another uh recent love for Campus Kenton here. He was listed at RB3. So now Kentucky, my alma mater, has two freshman wide receivers starting. I'm talking about Barion and Brown and Dane Key. Now, Dane Key wasn't too surprising. We knew who's going to take over the Josh Ali role, just get the outside. Uh, but it was assumed that he would be getting the early work, but we didn't think much of him as a, as a Debbie asset. Now, Barion Brown is interesting because we assumed that Tavion Robinson was good enough to take over the Wandel Robinson role. And then Barian is the a freshman. They take time to translate over, but Berrien's high school ran the same system as Kentucky does for offense. And we might see him being an impact freshman who we left off the list. Cause we, again, like I said, we just assumed Tavion Robinson was good enough to take on the Wandel Robinson role. So any thoughts on those?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see some of these guys have climbed the depth chart. Some nice surprises in like Jonah Coleman and, uh, Guys like Tech McMillan starting this nice day. Martinez, not so nice. I was pretty big on him, hoping to see him be the running back one. There was a lot of buzz about him being the running back one. So maybe this is a situation where we might see them climb. And a lot of these freshmen might climb slowly throughout the year. So just remember, this is just the week one depth chart. We've got a lot of weeks to play. We've got a lot of weeks to see. And perhaps we're going to see um, these guys climb. Um, you know, and speaking Towards Looking towards next week, you know, I want to take a look towards um, week one and look at some of the matchups there. Um, Look at some of the storylines we're watching this week. Um, Me personally, when I'm looking at this week, I'm excited to see is is all these transfers in these new places. You know, we've got Spencer Rattler, South Carolina. We've got the USC tandem with Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison. Um, You know, we even got JT Daniels, who's playing tonight versus West Virginia. Um, We've got Burton and Gibbs over at Alabama. You know, but the one I would actually be most excited for is seeing what Cameron Ward can do over at Washington State. Um, Now, for anybody who doesn't really know about Ward, he was an under-recruited kid coming out of high school, uh, could only find a home with FCS's Incarnate Ward. Um, Absolutely lit up that league. Became a top-five rated transfer. Um, Even had some scouts calling him a potential first-round pick. Uh, Guy's a little bit raw. Um, He's going to have to prove it at the Power 5 level, but his coach from Incarnate Ward also comes over to Washington State to be their offensive coordinator, so that should help the transition become a little bit easier. You know, he's a big kid, 6'3", 220, big, powerful arm. Uh, Not the most mobile guy, but, you know, enough movement in there. Mechanics are a little bit wonky. So I'm just interested in seeing how he and this whole offense is really going to translate. And a guy I've mentioned before, but I just want to throw out there, um, wide receiver Deshaun Stribling, you know, had the third most receiving yards of any Power 5 freshman last year. um, Could blow up in this offense as well and really put himself on the map. Um, But I'll kick it over to you. Uh, What storyline are you kind of looking forward to going into week one here?
0: I'm looking forward to QB clarity here for this upcoming class. We got CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, top two quarterbacks. There's really no debate towards that. Uh, but the next thing after that is, is Will Levis, right? Will Levis is being debated as a wide receiver talent or not wide receiver, excuse me, quarterback talent. Uh, but it looks like he's one of those players to me that has a lot of tools, but he's a project. And thanks to players like Josh Allen, NFL GMs like, believe that they can do a project now. So. I think Will Levis does get draft capital, but I think he's going to be more like a third round quarterback, not a first round quarterback. I think he's going to be exposed without Wandale. Reports have been bad and can't. The passing offense just can't get going. Chris Rodriguez is gone. You know, we're going to see that. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, he has no weapons. He didn't really have any real weapons last year. Uh, Charleston, Charleston Rambo was his top weapon. He was a UDFA. Uh, so we'll see if Tyler Van Dyke is the truth. He's my QB3, so I'm a little biased there. So I think I think he gets it, but we'll see. Uh, Quinn Ewers, you know, uh, we just had to debate the the hot, you know, quote-unquote quarterback battle, if you believe in that. Between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Carr, we'll see if he can win that out. Anthony Richardson, uh, he's being promoted as being super athletic. I've been on the record saying that he definitely has that Cam Newton ceiling. He has that level of athleticism. We just need to see a little bit better out of his arm. So I'm looking for some QB
1: clarity. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, Yeah. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot of these guys play as well. You know, we've got a lot of battles that we're probably looking forward to as well to kind of get some clarity on, you know, between Evan Prater and between uh, Ben Bryant, between JJ McCarthy, between um, McNamara there, see how that all plays out. So uh, it's an interesting year for these quarterbacks, a lot of opening room in, in some of these classes, 2023, 2024, not a lot of guys who have popped yet. So a lot of room for, for guys to break out there. Um, Looking more into this week, I wanted to kind of talk about maybe some players that we're, we're excited to watch, you know, that we can't wait to watch. You know, we've been waiting all off season, and there's guys that we've attached ourselves to, and uh, we really want to see them play this week. And my guy that I've really attached myself to is going to be Arkansas running back, uh, Rocket Sanders. Uh, this is a guy, both me and you are pretty high on, um, big build six 225 pounds, uh, background as a wide receiver in high school, very versatile skill set, but a very, very raw player. We saw some of that last year and projecting him to continue to develop is a big part of the equation with him. So I'm really interested to see where he's at. Um, the reports have been good. He's listed as running back one. So everything's kind of lining up for him to explode this year. If he has it, um, me personally i have him as rb3 in this 2024 class at the moment um i know a lot of people have him a little bit lower than, than that but a lot of that is going to depend on how he continues to develop in this offense so i honestly can't wait to see this guy play i think he's kind of has that antonio gibson skill set upside and i know he's not doing very well in the nfl right now but uh hopefully things end up a little bit better for rocket sanders going forward so mike who are you excited to kind of watch this week
0: I love that rocket Sanders call. I, again, we're both fans of him, just like you said. He's my RB4, yeah. actually, but I love that you have him above. Well, who, do you, who do you have
1: in front of him? Who, who, who's, the, who's the three? Shipley. Will Shipley. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. you know,
0: the Bray Bay. Yeah, yeah, uh, on yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I
1: have him in front of Shipley right now, I guess. But. Yeah,
0: I have Shipley in front of him right now, but love the athletic profile. We, you Just everything you said, I agree with 100%. Uh, but I'm looking at Kanata Mumfield here. He actually plays Thursday night now. Big surprise, everybody. Me and Corey did not get up at 5 a.m. to record this. So we are recording <laughs> before the backyard brawl. And I don't believe in Keaton Slovis, but I believe in Keaton Slovis being mediocre enough to get the ball to his best weapon on offense, which is going to be Kanata Mumfield. Now, Kanata Mumfield is an Akron transfer. He looked great. like He looked really good against Ohio State. Now, Matt Bruning will hop in and be like, well, Ohio State's not even a good defense. You're right, but they have really high pedigree. And for a guy who took a year off of football, and then his second year is his first year of college football is putting like, he's getting defenders to flip their back on him, like with ease, especially from Ohio State. Like, they might not be refined products, but you're still a recruit level. I mean, you shouldn't be getting beat by Akron wide receivers if you go to Ohio State. Like, I'm sorry. That's just a fact. So, Kanana Monfield is my guy. I, I admittedly think I have him at the wide receiver seven for this class. It's my one major bold take in this wide receiver class this year. Uh, he is draft eligible for everybody listening. Because he took the one year off, then went, and then now this is his third year. So draft eligible. Kanata Monfield, I really want to see him break out this year. I think he can be an eight, nine, maybe even a thousand yard receiver, but looking forward to seeing him tonight.
1: Yeah. And we're right now as a, as a team at Campus Ken, we're putting together a, an, an early NFL draft, big board. And um, we've essentially started ranking, I think our top 30 players right now, top 25. Uh, Mike Valerie was the only one to have Kanata Montfield in that top 30 uh, first skill position. So uh, that, that'll show you how high he is on him. Um, so uh, we'll see if he can match that lofty expectations. And, and like you were saying over there, Keaton Slovis, he can get him the ball. You look at Drake London became a first round pick this year from, from Keaton Slovis, just, pretty much pummeling him with targets. Um, you had the Blitnikoff winner come from pit last year. So you got eyes on them as well. So a lot is set up here for him to possibly break out. Um, we'll see if it can happen. I'm not as big on him as you are, so I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. Um, but yeah, uh, everything is right in front of him to kind of break out and have that year. Um, now we're kind of getting to the end of the show here. We're going to start wrapping up soon. Um, I just wanted to get your pick. Tell the people which Debbie matchup. Give me one matchup. Just one. Which matchup should all the people be watching this weekend? I know there's a little low hanging fruit and I think you're going to take it, aren't you? I
0: uh, am. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take it. The cop out answer here. It's Ohio State versus Nor- uh, Notre Dame. I almost said North Dakota. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Ohio State versus Notre Dame. A lot of Debbie assets here. The Ohio hate the Ohio State side. Uh, JSN. I already know what he is. Don't care. I'm looking at Marvin Harrison Jr. and I'm looking at that wide receiver three slot. There's been really good camp news about Julian Fleming, which is very surprising. Uh, so I'm looking at him versus Ameka Abuka, seeing who gets on the field, the snap count mix up. This is going to be a very decent team they're playing too. So I, I definitely fully believe that whatever they put out there is putting their best foot forward. They're not just you know playing the the Florida A&M or you know some D two school where their SCS school where they're just kind of throwing out whoever needs the, the playing time. But I really believe they're gonna this is gonna be a really good game. And then on the North Dakota, not North Dakota, excuse me, the Notre Dame side. I'm looking at Tyler Buckner as quarterback. Gotta stay healthy. Uh Lorenzo Styles is very boldly in my top five for his class. I think I'm gonna say that's consensus, though. I really do feel like most people have him up there that high. Uh and then freshman Tobias uh Merriweather. I think he's gonna get some playing time here. Uh, so I wanna see how they how they operate together. So a lot of Debbie assets in this game. And then I'll I'll mention Travion Henderson, but everybody knows who that guy is. So anyway, looking forward to all the Debbie assets in this game, seeing how they play against real defenses.
1: Yeah. Pretty exciting matchup there for, for week one, a lot of our high end Debbie assets playing in that game. Um, Not a lot of guys who really have to mention, you're going to have your CJ Stroud. You're going to have your Travion Henderson, your JSN, like not a lot of guys really have to dive into, but an exciting game. Nonetheless, um, I'm going to go to a different game here, and I'm going to go number 23 Cincy versus number 19 Arkansas now. Um, this is going to go with my earlier comment, rocket, Sand- rocket Sanders. So I won't elaborate too much on him personally. Um, I do think KJ Jefferson is a sneaky Debbie guy. He's got that big build. He's got that rocket arm. He's got that mobility. And, you know, he really impressed me at times while watching Burks through these last couple of years. Um, I even remember talking to uh, Kyle Francis, a guy who used to work for the Debbie Watch. Um, he gave me a quote that I always kind of repeat, and I think it, I think it captures KJJ in a, in a, in a nutshell. He says he could be Cam Newton or he could be Jamie Newton. And that essentially sum- sums up everything he is. You know, it's a very, his mechanics are kind of all over the place, but you see the tools there and he's still going to have to take another step forward though. I think he's entering his fourth year now, um, maybe fifth year. He could, he could be getting, there. I think he redshirted his first year. So we'll see what can happen with him. Um, over on the Cincy side, they also have some interesting Debbie guys like, uh, like a Corey Kiner who just came there a little bit late in the summer, probably not going to get a ton of playing time this, this week. Uh, like I alluded to before listed as the running back four. So might not see a lot of him. He's going to need some time to kind of pick up the playbook. Um, also kind of interested to see who's going to step up at wide receiver in place of second round pick Alex Pierce. Um, but the most interesting thing here, obviously is to see who's going to win between this quarterback battle. Now on paper, it looks like, All the signs are pointing towards Ben Bryant being the starter, but I'm really hoping that the staff can be smart and put Evan Prater, please, under center and let him start. I'm really high on this kid. I'm going to have to severely drop him in my rankings if he can't beat out Ben Bryant, who was not a very good quarterback last year, and I can't understand why they're going with him this year. So, Um, But in general, this game looks like a pretty good game. Um, Both teams are going through a little turnover, maybe a little bit more at Cincy, which could make them struggle a little bit early, but I think this is going to be a great game to watch this weekend.
0: All right, guys, that about wraps it up for tonight's show. Uh, Go ahead and check out the other Campus Camp podcast feeds. On Monday, we got Chasing the Natty, a CFF pod. Tuesday, Campus Life. Wednesday, Bet on C2C, our new betting show. Thursday, you got the Debbie debate, Canton Bound, uh, and the official. There's no longer the Hero RB show. They had their last show last week. Now, if you are interested in Debbie prospects like Evan Neal that we just talked about, go ahead and check out uh, Noah Hill's Evan Neal episode I think that happened quite a few weeks ago but if you search it you'll find it he does a great job and he does a great job at calling out the Debbie community but anyway Friday you have your favorite show back to Debbie and now on Saturday we are on the better sports app from 8 to 10 Saturday morning uh the tailgate starts at 10 to 12 that's us talking about the games where they get going and then you have the fantasy sorry college fantasy tonight, starting at 1045 or whenever the late night show ends. It's kind of like a sports center ESPN wrap-up of what happened that day. And make sure that you're tuning into the YouTube channel Saturday mornings and evenings to stay up to date with everything happening in the week. Just live and breathe this stuff. It's just so much content that we're putting out. Again, that's the end of our show tonight. Apologies to Nate Marquise. I'm, I'm too busy being wrong about the SMU depth chart. Dylan Goffy, please, you, you can do it This is Mike, and that's the Penguin Herder. Good night and good luck.